0: Get ready to challenge the power of your human spirit. It's time to get mental. And now here's your host, Cecile Aarons. Hello,
1: everybody. Welcome to Get Mental Radio. This is your host, Cecile Aarons on The Answer San Diego, 1170 AM, 96.1 FM in North County. As you know, I am the owner and clinical director of Transcend Therapy. Which is a private practice in San Diego specializing in trauma, PTSD, depression, anxiety, addictions, and relationship issues. We've been around for 10 years and I've been in the field for over 20 years. So give us a call because we know what we're doing. You can trust us or text us. You can also text us. Uh, our phone number is 619 823 1382. 619 823 1382. Or email us at transcendtherapy at gmail.com. Transcendtherapy at gmail.com. We have another great show coming up for you this morning. And I am so honored to have our guest here today in the studio um, because she is not only amazing, inspirational, she is such a tireless advocate for mental health. And her name is Miss
2: Anita Fisher.
1: Welcome to the show, Anita, and thank you so much for being here. Oh,
2: thank you so much, Cecile, for the invitation. I'm very honored. Oh, it's our honor, too. So let me tell you guys a little bit about um, Anita.
1: She served for 10 years as the Director of Education at NAMI San Diego, and NAMI stands for National Alliance on Mental Illness. And we're going to talk a little, tell you a little bit about what NAMI is and how, um, how much of an important organization NAMI is in the country. But previously, Anita enjoyed a 30-year career in the banking industry, including serving as vice president and business systems analyst at Union Bank of California. Her entrance into the mental health arena began in 2005, a few years after her oldest son was diagnosed with a serious mental illness, specifically schizophrenia. Yes. Anita immediately dedicated herself to NAMI's mission of education, support, and advocacy for those affected by mental illness, mm-hmm. and I believe left her um, career yes. in the finance industry. That's how dedicated and amazing this woman is. In t- 2018, Anita retired from her position at NAMI San Diego, and she launched her own independent consulting business now called fisher mental health consulting she's a recipient of a few awards here in Mm -hmm. san diego i have to read them in 2012 she was nami california criminal justice um, advocate award of the year Mm -hmm. and then um, she won the san diego community service unsung hero award in 2013 in 2015 She was a New Path Recovery Ambassador, Honoree, and again in 2015 NAMI National Program Leader Award. So you guys probably don't know, you know, the significance of those um, awards, but uh, basically this lady knows what she's doing.
2: (laughs) So without further ado, welcome, Anita. Thank you. Thank you again. Oh my gosh. You know, I try to stay humble and all (laughs) you know and all that i'm doing because this is this is passion and service work so yes. i always say that i do all this in his name <laughs> yes yes in yes. his name
1: yes and that's the one thing we have in common mm-hmm. we do this work mm-hmm. for god and for our faith uh, our our faith tells us that this is the way we have to do our part to help people yes. so <laughs> so what an amazing and inspirational journey you've had can you tell us a little more about how you became involved in the mental health field. I mean, we know preliminary, mm-hmm. you know, what happened. But mm-hmm. what? Are, what? tell us about that journey. What was that like for you to leave a 30-year career in the mm-hmm. finance industry where it sounds like you were very successful mm-hmm. and to embark on a new industry just, you know, because you wanted to help your son.
2: Yes, and that's what it is, you know, when you are a parent, Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't even mean by blood sometimes, but if you are the parent and you have someone in your life that's, you know, affected by any catastrophic illness, it's amazing how you it can become a focus and change everything about what you thought mm-hmm. was important. You know, we had uh, finished raising, our son was actually an adult. He was 21 years old. He had stepped out into the world as an adult. He was in the Army. He was a, a medical specialist stationed at Walter Reed Hospital. Wow. And, you know, we didn't see this coming. That is the one thing about mental health challenges. Challenges. Most people said, I did not see this coming. Especially I, with schizophrenia. Especially, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't know anything about the particular illness. And and, and I know we're going to talk about that, but there's such a stigma around mental illness as well. So all of that comes into play. And when I decided to... Um, you know, change careers, it was actually because I said, you know, we needed more foot soldiers. (laughs) And I, you know, the organization that I I used to work for, and I still volunteer with NAMI, um, that was the place. And I first started out and thought, well, I can be one of those teachers. My husband and I uh, took that 12-week, it's still such an impactful class, 12-week mm. class called Family to Family. That was the piece that educated us about what mental illness is and is not. It's where we first found that first glimmer of hope. Wow. And- um, after that, I said, Well, I'll just serve on the board. So I was on the board at Nami San Diego. Wow. I thought I'll give a couple of more, you know, some hours or yeah. something. And then I became one of those family-to-family teachers, which is there, it's all volunteer for 12 consecutive weeks. And then it just my passion just kept growing. I said, I want to be here. I didn't want to be at my other job. You know, wow. my son was going it was through just a many natural challenges. Yes.
1: Transition for yes. you. Yes.
2: And as I kept saying, I wanted to be doing more research and more, and I found out that just families being together, sharing experiences, Mm -hmm. and I said, I wish I could do this as a job, you know, and, you know, God provides, and then all of a sudden, there was an opportunity where a position opened up at NAMI. Uh, as for an education director. And I was like, okay. And it was like a really, it was, you know, to leave one career, uh, you know, to, to go That's into radical. that. radical. Yes, it is. You know, <laughs> and just and all kinds of things that I normally don't mention that. Yes, it was a bit cut in pay. Right. But, uh, you know, I have an amazing husband who supported me through all of that. Yeah. And he saw the passion. Mm-hmm. He saw that this is what I wanted to do and where mm-hmm. I wanted to be. So he supported me 100% in making that move. And I have I've never regretted it. Wow. <laughs> you know, everything has worked out, you know, just just, you know, everything uh, beyond what I thought. All, yeah. And everything that I had ever learned worked, uh, you know, in my other career, I have used in this career. It is the oh, same. Oh, I can imagine. Yes, I'm sure everything. it really was an advantage. Yes, and I've learned a lot of new things as well. Sure. But it has been, you know, both challenging and it's been um like I said it fed my passion to work with with other families and individuals mm-hmm. and I got to see, you know, just the affiliate that I worked in grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went from maybe, you know, 10 to 12 paid employees to right. when I left, you know, a year and a half ago, I think we were up to like eighty paid employees, wow, um, wow. Uh, uh, and those are people primarily who themselves have lived experience. So it's wonderful. Yes, it's yes, been a, it's been wonderful to see the the industry change and grow.
1: Right. Speaking of lived experience, you know, I mean, I'm a mother. Mm-hmm. I can only I can only imagine what that would be like. Yes. You know, to know that your son has schizophrenia, and yes. I think I shared this with you maybe mm-hmm. offline when mm-hmm. we talked the first time. There is schizophrenia in my um, husband's side of the family, mm-hmm. so having a child that was a huge consideration for us, yes. because we know that that's a possibility yes. for our son. Yes. You know, so what was that like for you to realize that? He had a severe form of chronic, Mm -hmm. um, uh, sorry, a severe and chronic form of mental illness Mm -hmm. and that it was schizophrenia.
2: Yes. Um, To tell you when I learned and I always use this because I often share my stories in different um, uh, formats and Mm -hmm. I always share this one part when my son was actually because we didn't know what was happening with him. It was the change in him that we first saw and they were basically kicking him out of the army at that point and they did a court martial because they didn't hearing, realize it was mental that, health that's related. What it was but someone did a psychologist that had. Uh, worked with him during the period of his his challenging times. His uh, he, first psychotic. Yes, break, his it first psych. Like. Yes, it was because mm-hmm. he was twenty one years old, mm-hmm. and that age that's range, when it 16 usually Twenty four. Yes, mm-hmm. and when he they flew me back to Washington D.C. for his court martial to actually speak as his mother and telling him about the the, the child, the the teen, the young man that you know he he was up until this point mm-hmm. and um he was the one that first said those words he said the psychologist was on the stand he said schizophrenic form disorder and it sort of it was almost like i was knocked back in my seat and i said well wait a minute i've kind of heard that word before but mm-hmm. i really don't understand it what is it that's something that you're born with it's not something that just kind of pops up at yeah. you know age 21 mm-hmm. and as i again that's why i always say education is oh key. And once I started to research it, but even as a mother, I'll tell you about my own self stigma Yeah, is that I first, I said, because my son had started to abuse drugs and alcohol, which is very common. common. Yes. Mm-hmm. To, to cover up the symptoms of right. these, um these different um, the mental psychoses, health. Yeah. Yes. And so that's what I thought it was. You know, I thought I said, well, it's the drugs and alcohol. Once he can get that off His of system. him, he'll come back to yeah. being who he was and this uh psychologist had said he said well no remember he hasn't been on drugs and alcohol he's been under our care mm-hmm. and so we know and and from what i've seen he described some things that told me that this is what it was but i'll go back a little further in mm-hmm. in my story mm-hmm. is that my ex-husband his father we did not know what was going on 20 years before when mm-hmm. we ended up divorcing mm-hmm. and it was him also having schizophrenia. So this is now undiagnosed. And this was the first time I was able to link the two because I would have maybe looked out for something that I, knowing that this could be genetic. Yeah. So I always say that my story really didn't begin with my son. It really began with his father many, many years before. So yes. And then I, uh, yeah, so you can see how Uh, You know, all of this kind of led to, you know, I I was uh, really ignited, ignited that passion because I saw, you know, that the system, all the failures of the system and and trying to get him help. And, um, you know, so there's there's access to care,
1: mental health, education, stigma. That is why Get Mental um, is here. It it was born out of my passion for the same things, Mm -hmm. you know if you're just tuning in guys you are listening to get mental radio and podcast and this is cecile aarons your host and with us today is the legendary miss anita king who was the former education director at nami and we're talking about all things mental health specifically her journey um in the mental health field because after discovering her son had um schizophrenia Mm -hmm. so speaking of um stigma because you brought that up What barriers and challenges uh, did you run into?
2: Well, normally, um, Fisher, I was just going to say. Oh, sorry, Anita Fisher. (laughs) I am so sorry. I kept calling you Anita King because you're like a king in my mind. Oh yeah. um well some of the challenges actually when I, I looked at that question and I said actually it was HIPAA. Um believe it oh, or not something really? that we all believe in and we all, you know, who would want their um you know, their medical information to right. help anyone to have access to that. But it also Yes. Can we tell uh, people what HIPAA oh, is, yes, just yes, for, yes. for people who don't understand it? So I can never remember the
1: full uh-huh. um, every what the acronym really stands for. Yes. It's like health information portability and I think it's accountability, accountability yeah. act or something yes, like yes. that. Um, But anyway, in in mental health and medical uh, fields, we are bounded by all these laws uh, that protect a person's confidentiality. So HIPAA uh, sets the the rules and parameters for access and release of information
2: to care. That's what... um, Miss Fisher is talking about. So go ahead. And, um, you know, oftentimes I think about even when my children, I have two sons, you know, you go to the doctor with them, of course, when they're kids, you're in the room, you hear if there's some kind of illness, and the doctor tells you about it, you can have conversations, you can give them your observations of of the illness, oh, the cough is this, or no matter what it is. And in this, and even as adults, I mean, sometimes I go to the doctor with my husband, he comes with me, you know, so I didn't think there would be such a a you know, a, a wall. Yes, especially because he was an adult. Because he was an adult. And oftentimes, I couldn't even find out what happened. I, of course, would not want to know any information about private therapy right. talk. But it just understanding what he's going through, that would help us understand right. because our son oftentimes was living with us. Right. Because it's very difficult when you don't have a job, when you don't have any resources um, prior to maybe getting Social Security disability or something something which is a process in itself. It's the families. And and this is something I did a, a report with the National Association of Caregivers. Uh-huh. They did a report on how uh, families of people who live with mental illness and that are adults, and it was 8.3 million families across this country are actually the caregivers oh, of adults it. living with mental illness yes. because of a variety of reasons. Yes, but yet we are the ones that are stopped from knowing what's going on unless, of course, our, our loved consent. ones sign a a release. And but if they're psychotic, times, how are they going to? consent to their own care. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Because a lot of times we're the enemy, <laughs> you know, right. when when they're when <laughs> when the thought process is out there, no, I don't want you to know. No, I don't want you to come in. However, I would like to uh, let yes. the listeners know you can tell them, even though the doctors or therapists or, or clinicians cannot speak to you about um your your the individual, the, the loved one, you can give them information. And that's yes. what we always encourage yes. mm-hmm. and say you can still give those observations or things that you may want them to uh, consider about. and they can receive that they yes. can't acknowledge a lot of times they'll say to you we can't even uh, acknowledge or that oh, what are is that patient term yes that we can't, we can't even confirm or, or deny. deny that's that the is term line. <laughs> yes con- yes <laughs> which is
1: really <laughs> a, I know frustrating for some people yes even for clinicians yes you know yes. I, in my practice when that happens I'm like I know I know it's ridiculous but mm-hmm. I can't confirm or deny
2: that this person that you know sees me is seeing me yes you know? that, that is you dropped him off at the door <laughs> watch him walk in the door but they can't confirm or deny so i would say that that has been one of the biggest challenges and the other being um, you know, the oftentimes our loved ones also end up on the streets, homeless. I know. And I have had to deal with that. And then they're arrested. That's why the focus, a lot of my advocacy, has been around the criminal justice system, yes. because oftentimes, because they are, uh, um, you know, they are in the the midst of their their symptoms, their they end up on the streets. They're arrested. They right. can't mount a defense. You know, obviously, so that's where families get involved, and there's actually that some of the work that I do now Mm -hmm. is I go to court with families. I help them put together, um, you know, documentation to help support and let them know. And I can tell you there has been some positive changes in that area where there is now something called the Defense Transition Unit within the Public Defender's Office, where they actually have. It's Um, like a diversion program. Clinicians, know are part of the public defender's office to help them understand, and they do assess the individuals who may be arrested and pending on the charges and a lot of things. But that didn't exist even, I'd say, five years ago. Oh, yes. So things, you know, there's been improvement in that. There is a behavioral health court calendar, you know, where they do hear cases of individuals.
1: Well, we're going to take a short break, guys. And when we return, we are going to continue this very important conversation, with Ms. Anita Fisher. (laughs) From a very young age, I knew that I wanted to help people. I wanted to change things for the better and be part of the solution. Through a lot of hard work and determination, I achieved my dream of owning a private practice known as Transcend Therapy where we provide counseling for individuals, couples, and families. I've always been passionate about helping people resolve the things in life that may be holding them back or creating pain. Launching Get Mental Radio was just the next step towards helping more people, because our mental health is just as important as our physical health. Life is tough, and if you're struggling, you're not alone. We can help you weather the storm. Hi, I'm Cecile Ahrens, owner of Transcend Therapy. We truly care and are committed to giving you the best service. You're not going to feel like just another client, and you are definitely not going to feel judged. We offer quality, compassionate, results-driven therapy services. For more information, check us out at TranscendTherapyCA.com. That's TranscendTherapyCA.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to Get Mental Radio. You are listening to uh, an interview that I'm having with Miss Anita Fisher, former education and former education director at NAMI and now runs her own consulting firm, Fisher Mental Health Counseling. Get Mental is sponsored in part by Transcend Therapy, where we provide individual couples and family counseling. Transcend Therapy is highly trusted, I'm proud to say, and our wonderful clients frequently endorse us to their friends and family. And I tell you, that is the best compliment we could ever have. Um, Also, I want to give a big shout out to Greystone Prime Steakhouse and Seafood Greystone because they were so amazing to us. We celebrated our holiday party with them on Friday and they did not disappoint. In fact, they exceeded our expectations. They are the number one steakhouse in San Diego and they have um, amazing, you know, steaks if you're a meat eater. And they also have... A superb array of uh, seafood and um, other dishes you're sure to love. They have a ridiculously extensive wine okay. list, which is my favorite thing to drink um, when I'm out. And it's, they're just delicious and delightful. The service was amazing. So thank you, Greystone, for giving me and my staff an unforgettable experience. Check them out, Graystone Prime Steakhouse and Seafood, located in downtown San Diego, 658 5th Avenue, 658 5th Avenue. And actually, if you mention Get Mental, um, they will give you uh, a little something, either an appetizer or a drink, but they will, they will take care of you and hook you up. Just say Get Mental, That's okay? Nice. Thank you. So, again, we are here with Anita Fisher talking about um, – mental health and um what it's like for her as a mom to discover that her son had schizophrenia so anita you were starting to talk about you know the barriers and challenges you ran into so one of them was um yourself stigma it Mm -hmm, sounds like mm -hmm. and then the hipaa regulations Mm -hmm. um and the access to care it sounds like yes anything else that you 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 know you remember
2: Well, actually, as a mom, um, also, you know, my son would end up in jail. He has ended up even in the prison system because back then there was some very um, tough um, because it was drugs involved. Mm -hmm. And it was as a user. I always say my son, um, his crimes were always against himself because that's how he ended up in jail and prison. And is that usually
1: when he's not medicated, Not medicated right? all the time. Not treatment compliant, N- not treatment as we compliant. Call it.
2: Yes. And that's when this would occur and having to go and see a sick individual inside of the jail and prison system I is I can only imagine. And your son, on, and on it, top of and it. it's my son who I know doesn't deserve to be there in uh, but for his illness, you know. Right. And um a lot of times a lot of people don't understand that when they're inside of the jail and prison, the treatment is the same as on the outside it's voluntary Mm -hmm. if they want it if they ask for it Mm -hmm. so if he didn't ask for it on the outside (laughs) you know he pretty much wasn't going to ask for it on the inside right and um would they treat him in jail um, sometimes and i know that he's had to have involuntary treatments because he would become so um you know, sick in his, his symptoms that they would do a um, involuntary treatment. Right. Send him to and the then hospital. he would begin to come back. It right. would be times when he would even refuse to see us mm-hmm. or come out to, to visit us. And I always tried to say, I don't care where he was, in a jail or a prison, we would go there as a family right. to make sure he knew that we were there supporting him whenever he came out. of it and once he would get back on the meds and come around and he would be the son we know you know he'd be the person that that we raised and he would work through his programming and he'd come home and we'd start anew and then he would stop his meds again right So that's the cycle that is the that is definitely the cycle that happens yes and when he stops his medicine we're back at square one again wow Yes. wow
1: how have you um, learned to live with that? Because it sounds mm-hmm. like you're living with it with so much grace and mm-hmm. and and you know love.
2: Yes, and and first I'm sure there foremost, are days
1: that that were really hard.
2: Oh my gosh, yes, yes, and I always say that there yes there are tears, you know, a, a lot of tears, but a lot of prayer a lot of prayer for guidance and resources. And that's why I give NAMI so much credit for providing those resources, Mm -hmm. you know, for families and education, for not just families. When I say family, I'm talking about both the parents, the sisters, the brothers, the individual, because the NAMI programming supports both. And um, having all of that together and having a community of other people that I lean on, we lean on each other. I've made a whole new plethora right. of it's friends. It, it takes a community. Yes, it I takes tell a village, they I say they this say. all the time. Yes. yes. We can't do this. Without alone. each other, yes. Yeah. So yeah. between my 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 church family and my um, the people that I've met in my work and volunteering right. and and family, you know, that helps you to get through it. It helps you to get through it. What a and hopeful message! When I see, and I always that's why I say I always want to leave hope with families and, and individuals that recovery mm-hmm. is possible. We say that you know mm-hmm. there's no cure mm-hmm. for a mental illness, but and each person's recovery though looks different. You Great know, point. I. It took me years to get over that. I said, well, once he gets it together again, he can just get back on track, right. you know, and maybe because he had dreams of being, you know, of course, working in the medical field. He was getting all that great training and wow. possibly staying in or getting out of the military. That was a he grief could use process that for you. Yes. And to, to accept know that yeah, that's even not going to be having, his life. A Family, he was my oldest child, so he's the first one that was supposed to marry and have the grandchildren, and yeah. you know that hasn't happened for him, yeah. And um, it's been a 20 year journey now. I, wow. I, I sit back, and this is like a milestone year because it has been 20 years since that first diagnosis wow. um occurred, and um, but he's happy, you know. Yeah. Uh, all I can say now is that it, it took me even um. I think I was doing sort of a self-assessment uh, in the last year and a half after I retired about where I am and what I feel. Mm-hmm. I know there came a time when I said I had to accept that schizophrenia wasn't my enemy. Mm. Because in doing that, I was making wow. my son an enemy. I said, oh, this yes. thing is back. And instead of and I had to you're making it like it's yes, bad. Yes, it's bad. It's a said, bad thing. Exactly. And I had to embrace it. I had to say, okay, you're here again. How do you and I, how do we get along as a family? And really by listening to my son and what he wanted. And a wow. lot of times, when my son said, "I don't want to take the medication," we could sit down and still come to an agreement. I said, "Well, you still make you have to see your therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have something uh, like a, a group or a class or something that you still attend. Mm-hmm. You know that and he can n- help he you." Usually, and would he comply, yes. and yeah. he he now complies with that. He will go to. They have some wonderful. Um, they're called um, clubhouses yes, biopsychosocial yes, clubhouses mm-hmm. in San Diego well he has Community one in research particular foundation that he, yes that he yeah. loves he goes to that several times a week um and he does see his therapist and he manages his medication um not all, yeah, you know
1: that's part of the des- yes, the, the yes. illness though you know yes. that is so hard to mm-hmm. accept right yes. but unfortunately that is part of the cycle with
2: schizophrenia yes yes you know, and certain med- med- mental health conditions yes and the medication isn't something great to take I mean right there's shares, so many side effects Oh, all the different side effects and mm-hmm. many of us would not want to have to take right. that right. every day you know normally we can have a prescription for something that oh doesn't make you feel so good but you know in 7 to 10 days right. you may not have to take that medication anymore right. but this is something that can be a lifelong Treatment, mm-hmm. so um, knowing having that, compassion, yes, for compassion that person, for that. So again, it, it didn't happen overnight. It did take me many years to to keep growing and learning how right. to to make this, um, you know, to make that transition into how to, and we, to embrace it, and to like we you embrace said, embrace it. Yes, right.
1: So if you're just tuning in, guys, you're listening to Get Mental Radio with Cecile Aarons. and we have Anita Fisher as our guest, former uh, education director of NAMI, and we're talking about what it's like for her as a parent, not just as an advocate, um, dealing with uh, a son who has schizophrenia. So, you know, as you know, Get Mental is all about mental health education, destigmatizing, connecting people to resources. I know we've come a long way, Mm -hmm. but do you think we still have um, a mental health stigmatization problem? (coughs) Sorry. (coughs) No problem, no problem. Do you think we still have a mental health stigmatization problem? And if so, in what way?
2: Yes, but it's better. As I said, I, I definitely have seen things get better in the last eight, five, three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at the commercials on yes. TV now, such as uh, uh the uh, San Diego County Behavioral Health. It's up to us. Campaign yes. commercials. commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have a website and they have things. They have real people. Right. You know, on the website giving testimonials about their own illness. Um, you have even in movies I noticed that in movies and TV Netflix shows has now a lot of shows yes they're yep. doing shows that include a person not as the odd person but just part of a family right
0: or part humanizing of it. Them. and doing
2: yes and, mm-hmm. and, and and you know using the word quote normal but normalizing yes. a person's life living with mental health conditions right. so we're starting to see that more you have more and more famous people if you will coming, coming out. out. Yes, mm-hmm. and saying that I live with this condition, right, and or I take meds. Yes, yes, I don't take
1: my meds, like Kanye yes, and West what can announced. Happen, yeah, <laughs> when you
2: don't. Yes, and so, um, so more and more, I think that is breaking down the stigma. I mean, um, as you, Nami has the big walks, the big walks that they have every year um, are about destigmatizing uh, yes. um, mental health challenges, and so those are getting larger and larger. And you know, awesome. I always think of the big, huge, you know, breast cancer and heart oh walks. Oh, my God! I would love to see our mental health walks, you know. <laughs> that's exactly you know, what my vision was. Yes. Yeah. It's like, but why not? It, yes, but we're getting there because, mm-hmm. you know, the statistic is what? One in five. Yes. So one in five families are, are, are affected. Are so we know that those walks can be just as big. And and I think the more we talk about it, that's why I just really appreciate what you're doing, oh, you know, you. with this Get Mental um, podcast podcast because um, you're talking about it and you're you're putting it out there and we need to get it out there in all forms of media yes um, to speak you. about it and that destigmatizes mental yes. health challenges yes. Yes.
1: Where do you think we still need to do work on as far as the stigmatization?
2: Well I think that we need to um, when when a person you know it, we all have our vision I always go back to 20 years ago when I said a person with schizophrenia and even what I read online mm-hmm. back then the little bit of information. Mm-hmm. Um, was, you know, that homeless person that's going to harass you and right. living in the doorways. I used to work downtown right. San Diego and going to work in the morning, I would see them in the doorways and everything and never realize that one day that would be my son. And, um, you know, so we have a vision and mm-hmm. most people think that people with mental illness are, quote, a problem. <laughs> so, right. So, <clears throat> so by helping those people get the help that they need, we can put another face right on what um, a a person living with mental illness is. And so we have to get, you know, we have to get the help out there that's needed. So I know that there are, homeless outreach teams and their things, yes. but it's just not enough. You know, right. we, we have we don't have ever have the resources. It's all about the money.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: It's all about the money. So I
1: just had the <clears throat> mayor of El Cajon here talking about homelessness mm-hmm. and mental health and we're doing a documentary, Get Mental is uh, on mental health. We mm-hmm. went to uh and homelessness. We went to Skid Row uh, and interviewed homeless people, then we went downtown. So that stay tuned for that guys because mm-hmm. we're in the middle of production. But speaking of which, right, we both agree that mental illness is such a huge part Mm -hmm. of the homelessness problem in our country. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things we can do? Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think are some of the why is that and what can we do about it?
2: Well, like I said, we know it's about the money. And the funding uh, to fund the programs that are needed. I think a great positive that I saw um, blossom within the behavioral health treatment uh, uh, world. Uh, world is peer support. Yes. So having, is that when they go downtown? Yep. Yeah, and, and this is when they to... take individuals who are living, you know, successfully in their recovery are part of the teams. Right. The outreach teams. They are part of the treatment teams. They are part of even there's a, a program. Program that I got to be a part of when it first started that's at the psychiatric hospital mm. um, um county psychiatric hospital that where when the police takes uh, someone mm. in on a 5150 which is a um you know where someone is a deemed legal a dang- hold
1: yes if somebody is deemed to be a danger to themselves to others or yes. what we call gravely disabled that's yes that's usually where um a lot of people with chronic mental illness like schizophrenia would fall under is grave disability. That means their symptoms are so severe um, and they're in a psychotic state that they can't take care of themselves. So
2: we have to take over and take care of them. Right, and just placing peers there at that that emergency room has made a great difference. The program is still in place there. So um, incorporating peers and and providing the funding and providing the place where they go because it doesn't it's not going to be a one context Right, thing. You know, when you're talking with someone who may not be compliant on their medication. Mm-hmm. It's so um, complex. Yeah. So you have to have someone that they, they have the ability to make several contacts with that person and try to get them to, to go into. And then the place like has to be Like a case to manager be there. really yes, the following them around. Where they go has to be there. It mm-hmm. has to be that bed or it has to be that treatment facility. Where is such a facility? So a lot of times we have the greatest intentions of right. making the contact. But then where do you take them? Where do you go to get them off the street, to get them into treatment? So I believe there's not enough, quote, we facilities. need Oprah, yeah. Oprah. If you're listening, <laughs> we need lots of money. Employ yes. us,
1: and we between Anita and I, we will fix this problem. <laughs> yes,
2: lots of money for. And I'm not saying hospitals. I'm not talking about no. locking somebody no. behind a steel door with no. a bed. No, I'm talking about a treatment environment that in is the clients, community, yeah, client centered, and a place they want to be. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. And
1: really reconceptualizing, right? Redefining yes. how we think of mental illness. Right. You know, in that they can be part of the community, yes. but they need the right supports. And mm-hmm. we need to have the political will to make it happen as a society. Absolutely. Be, you know, so that the funding starts to trickle down. Yes to yes, them exactly you know so if you're just listening guys again this is get mental radio mm-hmm. with cecile aarons our guest today is anita fisher um former education director of nami and we're just talking about mental health schizophrenia and kind of the social and political issues now mm-hmm. um that are affecting how we how we address this problem so can you tell the audience who don't know about nami what mm-hmm. how, what nami is and how important nami is mm-hmm in the fight against uh, the mental health crisis in our country.
2: Yes. Um, NAMI has been around about 40 years now nationally. And um, there is a national organization that's uh, in uh, Arlington, Virginia. And then across the state, every state, uh, I believe, has a, a NAMI uh, affiliates. And I know there's somewhere in the neighborhood of about 1,100 affiliates across the country here in California. Paid and, then-
1: and volunteers, right?
2: Yes, and primarily volunteer. A lot of the programs are written to use volunteers. And that's why I said it's amazing that it is as strong as it is because people give back. I'm I'm not an anomaly. I mean, there's a lot of Anita Fishers out there, people who give back to NAMIs. And uh, they're the education, they're the teachers, they're the facilitators, they're the peer mentors. And um, they uh, primarily are volunteers. Um, and in in San Diego, uh, now I know NAMI San Diego is what was at least one of the largest mm-hmm. affiliates in the country. Mm-hmm. It has grown with the help of, I think, the forward thinking of the behavioral health, right. um, county behavioral health in using um, the education programs, helping to fund the education program so that there can be all of these classes and groups across San Diego County. Wow. So that's what's helped NAMI uh, in, in San Diego grow and um do they
1: get funding from from like the state no and this is the thing: wow. is that oh my all God, of, I'm floored. The,
2: the walks they have to put on their own. Sometimes they can write for grants and things, depending on what's. We've been lucky in California that I don't know if you remember about the Mental Health Services Act mm-hmm. (MHSa). Mm-hmm. I think it's about ten over ten years old now, where it was the Millionaire's Tax and how that funding also helped some of the NAMI's in California. Wow! But they primarily have to to, to seek their own. Um, funding streams so some NAMIs can be uh you know a husband and wife taking calls out of their home and putting on a class you oh know once gosh. or twice a year to something as large as the Nami in San Diego that does over 20 family to family classes across the county and So it's really community it, it's really community funded, based community funded. support yes. And, wow. and yes and they go and they try to seek and get you know grants and funding to do that and it would be great if it was attached to um, you know, state funding and and uh, you know county funding in yes. behavioral yes. health, but it's 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 getting better. I know that even some major um, health providers are starting to help fund classes and groups so that their members can also. Um, participate in what NAMI offers because really no one else offers the education oh my gosh programs. I don't know what kind of community yeah, like w- we for would families. be yes. if NAMI wasn't around you yes. guys like and I'm support groups I mean keeping San Diego families
1: mm-hmm. together that you know most people don't even realize right. that every time I have a client who's like you know where can I go where can I go I don't mm-hmm. know where to go for support and yes. resources what do we say NAMI yes. NAMI NAMI all day long yes. so Thank you Nami for existing yes, yes. and for fighting the fight. I know it's not easy because mm-hmm. I'm starting this fight myself and yeah. it's it's you know you got to yeah. like really have the heart to mm-hmm. keep going. So thank you. Well we're going to take a short break and when we return yeah. we will continue this conversation. Thank you guys for being with us today. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Supporting local business isn't always convenient, but at RT's Market, it is. Ortiz Market has all your shopping needs right at the corner of Escondido Boulevard and 13th Avenue in Escondido. They're family owned and operated and feature a huge selection of local beverages. And if they don't have what you're looking for, they'll order it for you. That means you can get what you want without the long lines you find at big name supermarkets. The best part is they care about serving our community and are here to join the fight to destigmatize mental health and let people know you are not alone. Visit Ortiz Market today at the corner of Escondido Boulevard and 13th Avenue in Escondido.
0: Gut pain, inflammation, redness, stiff muscles? San Diego Cryotherapy can help. You'll feel the results immediately and with consistent use, you are sure to feel better. Using the benefits of cold therapy, San Diego Cryotherapy can help you heal naturally from injuries, speed up recovery from exercise, and support your overall wellness. Check out their infrared sauna and Cryo T-Shock. After a stressful day, the amazing infrared sauna will help you unplug, detox, and rejuvenate. Cryotherapy T-Shock is the new craze in weight loss and body contouring. It can target stubborn areas and support your weight loss goals. People report amazing results. In just a few sessions, cryotherapy offers fitness, wellness, and beauty benefits to individuals striving to improve their overall well-being. Wouldn't you like to look and feel better? Explore the science and process behind cryotherapy at sandiegocryotherapy.com. Don't let the pain and inflammation hold you back. Start feeling and looking better today. Visit sandiegocryotherapy.com. That's sandiegocryotherapy.com. Welcome
1: back, you guys. This is Get Mental Radio with Cecile Ahrens, uh, um sorry, owner of Transcend Therapy, where we provide individual couples and family counseling. To learn more about us and to contact us, please go to transcendtherapyca.com. Transcendtherapyca.com. You may also listen to our podcast. Get Mental, anywhere you listen to our podcast. And we also have a Facebook group page called Get Mental where you can get up to date information and uh, community peer support. It's been a really awesome uh, experience. We've only had it for a few months, and there's a lot of uh, people there supporting each other. So that really is encouraging. You know, people are hurting, people need information, support. So it's a safe place, you guys. It's anonymous and safe. And when I have time, I go in there and answer some questions. So that's that. Also, if you mention get mental with san diegocryotherapy.com, you will receive not only 50% but 60% off any of your first time service because that's their holiday gift off, sorry, holiday gift um, special to our listeners and supporters. So please take advantage of this amazing deal because it won't last long. And again, thank you to our sponsors. We, co- we cannot do this without you. So uh, back here with Anita Fisher. Um, And we're talking about mental health, schizophrenia, and all the barriers, you know, and the stigmatization. And if you've missed most of this, please go to our podcast and listen to it because it is very, very, very informative and encouraging, especially if you are a family member of somebody who has a mental health condition. So Anita, you know, your story is one of hope. Mm Faith and inspiration. What message would you like to give our listeners today um, who may be experiencing similar issues, mm-hmm. especially, you know, we were talking offline around the holidays. It can be really tough for people with mental illness and for family members. Mm-hmm. What would you like our listeners to, uh, to know?
2: Uh, to never give up hope. <laughs> you know, I, I think that is the thing that is a NAMI model, actually, that we tell uh, family members and individuals is just to never give up hope. Keep seeking and keep looking for resources. And I tell families, be the squeaky wheel. Yeah. You know, you have to. You have to keep asking. You have to keep um, digging for answers and trying to find help and support for your, you know, for the loved one and and including them. You know, a lot of times we tend to think I need to do the thinking for them, you know, because it affects their minds, of course. But a lot of times you can still just say, what do you want? Make sure that you're being inclusive and adding them in. Any treatment plan should include Mm them in, in seeking that. Um, and so it's work, right? You know, it's work. But I always say if they had any other medical condition, you would mm-hmm. do no mm-hmm. less. That is know? the get mental motto, yes. motto right? Yes.
1: Your mental health is just as important as yes. your physical health. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I just want to add, you know, I agree with everything you said, but I think it's also important to sometimes give yourself permission to take a break. Oh.
2: Self care. Yes, another. We push that. You got to put the that. oxygen mask on yourself <laughs> oh, so you yes. can
1: keep going because this is a lifelong, mm-hmm. lifelong
2: journey. Yes, we're constantly doing trainings and and we we incorporate that mm-hmm. into all of our groups and classes about self care. Yes, sometimes you have <clears throat> to step back. Yes, you know you do have to step back and, and recharge and recharge because you can't help anyone if you're sick. depleted. And I always say, who's going to be around if you allow yourself to get that sick? then you won't be there. You're working, fighting so hard. Absolutely. So um, definitely self-care is so important.
1: So I know you have some tips here uh, you want to share with us for how to help a person with mental illness, especially
2: around the holidays. So, yes. can you
1: share that with us in a few, in a couple of minutes?
2: Yes, and I won't go through all of these, but this is actually from the NAMI FaithNet tips on how to help a person with mental illness, mm-hmm. and even when you're talking with someone, um, you know, talk to them in a space that's comfortable. Um, ease into a conversation, speak in a relaxed and calm manner, communicate in a straightforward manner and stick to one topic at at a time. Very important. Be respectful, compassionate and empathetic to their feelings. Say, I hear you're having a bad day today. I understand. You know, use I statements instead of you statements, be a good listener, Um, give them an opportunity to talk and open up. And you know, those are just a few, there's a whole bunch of things, you know, and where can they find this? And this is on the NAMI.org website under FaithNet. FaithNet. FaithNet, yes. And they can find um, um, a whole big list of things that are very helpful because we call it the empty chair campaign that is from another organization that I am a supporter of. I was on their board for many years Mm -hmm. called Parents for Addiction Treatment and Healing, A New Path. Pat, and they yes. um, they are advocacy organization for um, those suffering with and living with substance use disorder, which, yes. you know, is a big crossover with right. mental health. Mm-hmm. And they do a campaign every year because we know I have had many tears having the family around the table, mm-hmm. but there was an empty chair, you know, there because my son was either homeless or in jail or prison. And so this is a tough time of year. And even for individuals who live with mental health challenges, this can be a hard time when everyone's going off to be with their families, and maybe they live a distance from their family, or maybe there's been distinction between them and their family. So it can be a tough time of year. So invite someone to dinner, you Uh know, invite someone Uh out to have even just a cup of coffee, you know, um, uh, with four individuals who may be alone during this time of year
1: year. Yes. Yes. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I know in San Diego, we're really fortunate that we have so many community programs out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you think that they are effective mm-hmm. uh, for the most part in addressing the problem as it mm-hmm. relates to serious mental illness? Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Of course, there can be improvement. But I know that um There are, because I've seen my own son succeed in many of them. And usually um, when it didn't work, it was because he was not, you know, in a place to... uh, you know, to be uh, in, say, a particular program. Yes, but I always say it's still about the money. It's still not enough. That's our biggest problem. It's it's always, it's not enough spots or it's not enough facilitators or it's not enough facilities. Yes.
1: uh, Yeah, it's not enough uh, services to really reach. To to, to reach, yes, everyone.
2: And there is something about the people who can voluntarily go and say there's lots of great things, Mm -hmm. but like you say, those that are most serious, obviously mm-hmm. mentally ill keep the political yes. climate also needs to change and give us mm-hmm. a little bit more Yes. I actually just received an email um, that the county are doing, uh, they're going to do some community forums, you know, go different places throughout San Diego County to get input and feedback from the community regarding mental health services. And I encourage people to go from the times I saw, it looks like some are during the day, some are in the evening. So if you work, you can go. And I always encourage families, don't just, you know, yell about it on your phone or in the TV. Go to these community um, right. forums and, and, and tell them what your needs are yes. and tell them what you think should happen. I believe that's where the great ideas come from, from the people who are living it 24-7. Right, mm-hmm. right.
1: Um, so we only have a few minutes left. Um, can you tell us about what you learned about schizophrenia? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. You know, I know we talked a little bit about <clears throat> symptoms earlier, but, like, mm-hmm. for somebody – who, say, is just discovering that they have a loved one with...
2: Schizophrenia. What's mm-hmm. like a, a top three advice mm-hmm. you you yes. want to give them? Number one, education. Just reading, I know that the first thing that I did at that time is I found a fact sheet online mm-hmm. that said, it described to me exactly what the symptoms of schizophrenia was. Mm-hmm. You know, the paranoia, distorted thinking, all of that, I saw it all. Yeah. And if you don't understand that and know that, you won't know how to react to it. And but, I did it wrong a lot of times. No, that's not what's happening. You know, right, so right. understanding how to and we you, or you're trying to reason, yeah, with them, reason right? with that's someone what I tell, or, or give see, them a lot of what people try to do is.
1: Talk to them as if they're normal Norm, right. when
2: really that, that's yes. not going to fly because they're in a different state of reality. Yes, that is correct. And that's why um, I always say number two is take that family-to-family class. And if the individual, encourage them to take the peer-to-peer class because that mm-hmm. is for individuals who live with it. It's a 10-week course. And all of these are offered free, by the way.
1: What if they don't want to do that?
2: If they don't want to do that. And then just feeding information, hopefully they are you know can see it therapist or a doctor try to get them to say you know we're just going to do an assessment no mm-hmm. one's trying to lock you up it's mm-hmm. very hard to do mm-hmm. anyway <laughs> but right. no one is going to lock you up anywhere you're just going to talk with someone to help you right ask them about their hopes and dreams because sometimes you know they could be right at that first year of college right. and they want to go back they want to finish but they're having difficulty say well if you talk Give to them someone, a reason to, yeah, have to them be a reason exactly for treatment. Yes, yes. and um so educate Education as much as possible, getting support. Mm-hmm. That's part of self-care. And diagnosis. Yes. Right. Yes.
1: So that they can receive the treatment exactly. that
2: they desperately need. It's right. necessary. Right. And that's why getting that assessment is so important. And, um, and then again, the self-care part is that, you know, hey, this is going to be a journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so go a lifelong and learn. One. Yes. yes. And, and, and have a place where you can go And, and when I say vent, it's not just in a negative way, the, the, um, support groups are are structured, your, 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 your own feelings and thoughts and stress. Right. Mm -hmm. And the groups are, are structured in a way where you're able to give feedback and, and, and say, let's work on what's going on. What is the hot potato in your life right now?
1: So final thoughts, um, I know you have a mental health consulting firm, Mm -hmm. so thank you for continuing to serve Mm -hmm. the community even though you've retired. Um, Tell us about where you are today and what the consulting
2: firm does. Okay. Well, actually, it's just so that people can find me. <laughs> First and foremost, you know, people ask, well, you're leaving, How you know, where are we going to be able to contact you? Mm-hmm. And number two, I had a, you know, got to do a lot of great work at NAMI. And I said, I can share some of the things that I've learned. Yes. And so I have done contract work for other mental health organizations. We're going so to have to talk the- offline, Miss. Yes, Fisher. Yes. <laughs> and so that's kind of what I do now. And then I just try to enjoy. I try to do some, um, you know, road trips with my husband. And, um, yes. you know, we're both retired now. So well I can deserved. balance it. Yes, I yes. can balance all of that out.
1: Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And um, if people want to reach
2: you, they just go to Anita. What? Yeah, Anita, Anita Fish, Anita, excuse me, Anita at Fisher mhconsulting.com or i have a website of www.fishermhconsulting.com.
1: There you go guys that concludes our show for today. Thank you so much for being here. Such an honor and a milestone for Get Mental to have miss anita fisher here as always thank you for being with us on behalf of get mental and transcend therapy we wish you a very happy new year this is when we launch get this year is when we launch get mental radio and podcast and i'm happy to say we are going strong so thank you so much for your support your time and attention we know how valuable it is cecile aaron's here again be well be gentle get mental because we all have (laughs) issues
0: Thanks for joining us today on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons. To learn more about Cecile, become a sponsor or guest on Get Mental. Or if you have any questions about mental health, visit TranscendTherapyCA.com. That's TranscendTherapyCA.com. Join us next week at this same time for more talk on all things mental health on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons.